1: Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save save over 130 million dollars to save visit healthluck.com today picasso knows your vacation home is your best home it's the place that brings family and friends together it's where you're the best version of yourself picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations listings start at 200k for 1/8 ownership picasso does all the work for you Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com.
0: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for
2: everyone. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hey there and welcome to Forward Thinking, a podcast that looks to the future and says, please don't drive 88, I don't want to be late again. I'm Jonathan Strickland.
0: I'm Lauren Volkabon.
2: And I'm Joe McCormick, and that's the power of love.
1: Well, it's actually not the power of love, but that's it's another Huey Lewis and the News song that also came from the Back to the Future soundtrack, so <laughs> that's that's the first time I've ever quoted uh, the same song twice in, a, in consecutive episodes. Hey
0: well. guys, so we're so we're doing <laughs> our second part of our Back to the Future Part 2 Extravaganza. Wait, Ooh. say
2: that title again. What is it? Is it Part 2 of our part Back two. to the Future Part 2 two part episode about
1: 2015? I called it Back to Back to the Future 2 Part 2.
0: Hey guys, so we're doing our second episode <laughs> about Back to the Future because the uh the the year that they go forward to in Back to the Future Part 2 is 2015. And it
1: turns out
2: that's this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The year that we're recording this. Maybe if you are from the future and listening to past episodes of Forward Digging and just giggling up your sleeve, it's the past. But right now it's the present. Totes the present. Oh, man, time is hard. Well, uh, or, yeah. or
0: not quite the present yet, because it occurs in October. Right. October 21st, 2015, and I believe.
1: Yeah, and we're recording this in January yeah. 2015.
0: So there's still time for all of this to come true.
1: That's true. Uh, so if
2: you have not listened to our first episode about the technology of Back to the Future Part 2 and where the reality stacks up against the movie, you should go back, check out Part 1, And then come to this MP3 right now.
1: Right. And that will make that intro we had seem coherent by comparison. By comparison.
2: Well, last time we talked about stuff that appears in the 2015 of the Back to the Future universe, like flying cars. Right. uh,
1: Self-lacing shoes. Self-adjusting
2: jackets. uh, Three-second hydrator ovens that create a big steamy pizza. Yeah, digital binoculars. Uh, What else? What do they have?
1: Nest thermostats,
2: oh, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we talked a lot about that digital windows, that kind of thing. Telescoping,
2: self-extending baseball bats. The
1: most important piece of technology in the future, according to Joe. Obviously. Um, but yeah.
2: last time we did not talk about the one thing that everybody had to be waiting for. So we thought we'd do that first in yes. the second part here. Right. Which is?
0: Hoverboards.
2: Hoverboards. Yeah.
1: By Mattel. In the in the film, at least the the one that Marty McFly flies on is yeah a yeah Mattel they're, they're hoverboard
0: appear to be a few different brands. Some marketed towards towards older kids. Yeah, uh, some
1: are marketed toward thugs. Yeah, yeah yeah. You got the thug the thug market. They Persona. come in a couple
0: different varieties. Yep. They can either be powered or non powered. Yeah. I'm not sure what that Hoverboards means. Hoverboards don't
1: work on water unless you got power.
0: It's uh. a very canny impersonation yeah, you of that person who I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did watch the this entire movie almost um, just last night. So I'm an expert right now. Right.
2: Okay. Well, the hoverboard in Back to the Future Part 2 is basically a skateboard without wheels that never touches the ground. It's, mm-hmm.
1: it's again, it's meant to evoke the great skateboard chase sequence from the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that is kind of one of those instances of, hey, you remember how much you liked this thing when we did it in that other movie? Well, now we're doing it again. So, kind of like. It's kind know. of
0: clever. No one's uh, talking I actually, about how history I like repeats it. itself. I actually it's, like it's it. It's kind of adorable.
1: I, I know I sound like I'm being dismissive, but trust me, in this case, it works. In movies like Anchorman 2, maybe not so much, but in this movie, <laughs> it works great. Um, and, and that's a theme that's throughout the, all the Back to the Future movies. Exactly, mm-hmm. Lauren. The whole idea of history repeating itself. Well,
2: so they imagine this technology. It's a floating skateboard, more or less. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do we actually have anything like that now that it's 2015? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, yes, because I saw that video on YouTube
1: (laughs) of Hover. Uh,
0: And it even had it even had Christopher Lloyd, who is obviously an expert on the future.
1: And Tony Hawk, who's obviously an expert on standing on on pieces of wood that move around. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. This product is supposedly made by a company called Hover, which is a capital H-U-V and then a little R. Yep. Uh huh. And the video showed lots of celebrities getting on these hoverboards, floating up off of a parking lot, and yep. then zooming around.
1: Yep. And uh, and Christopher Lloyd being kind of Doc Brownish about the whole thing, although yeah. not not looking like Doc Brown. It was Christopher Lloyd. It wasn't him playing the character. He didn't yeah. have the long hair. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, but it was, uh, you know, again, it was a really well produced video and it fooled, I guess, some people. I mean, obviously, the knee jerk reaction for a lot of people was this has got to be fake. And uh,
2: I still see people arguing about it, saying that it was real.
1: Right. And then there was a video that Tony Hawk made later where he essentially apologized for the Hover video. He says, we just thought it would be a funny joke. We never thought anyone was going to take it seriously. And I'm thinking, like, that's. I, I have a hard time believing that no one on that group was hoping that folks would take it seriously. I mean, when Back to the Future 2 came out, there was a rumor specifically created and, uh, and, and distributed that the hoverboard technology really did work. And that it was just the toy companies that were worried about potential lawsuits that were holding it back from ever hitting the market. So that was back in 1989 <laughs> when this rumor broke. And, It was a rumor that was supported by Zemeckis Zemeckis and the rest of the the film production company. They thought it was hilarious. Uh, But obviously that was a rumor. Uh, This was an orchestrated hoax. It was a joke video. It was uh, made by Funny or Die. So that should tell you something. Uh I I'm sure that there were people when H- Tony Hawk did his video saying, "Hey, it was all a joke." Who immediately said, "Oh no, it was real and now the companies are backing off cuz it's too dangerous." It's but a cover it's, up. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole conspiracy theory thing, right? Like any evidence to the contrary is manufactured. <laughs> so, and
2: there are also, I think, a lot of people who saw the original video but just weren't aware there was ever a, uh, a a disclaimer,
1: right? Yeah, and if you if you watch the the one where Tony Hawk is actually you know quote unquote apologizing, it has behind the scenes footage of folks wearing harnesses that are attached to cables uh, that are are keeping them suspended, and then they just keyed the cables out, the wires. They cabled them, they keyed them all out later so that they didn't show up on screen. Um, so. Uh, it's it, not a real thing. However, that being said, there is a real hoverboard, but there are a lot of qualifiers you have to add to Wait
2: it. Wait a minute. What? A real hoverboard? Yeah.
1: Hindo hoverboards. I don't hoverboards. believe you. They had a Kickstarter. Uh, their goal was $250,000. They raised half a million. So they, they wow. definitely hit their- b-
0: People are excited about hoverboards, you guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: Keeping in mind that these are hoverboards that you would only be able to use in very specific circumstances and nothing outside of them. Uh, you couldn't run them on water unless you have power. Yeah. You couldn't run them on concrete or wood <laughs> or grass or okay. anything. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. So how
0: do these things work?
1: They're using electromagnetic repulsion. So we've talked about electromagnets a lot and how, you know, creating magnetic fields is a really powerful thing for lots of things. So it's using essentially the same principles as a maglev train. Uh, and, it works on metallic but non-ferrous surfaces, so things like copper and uh, aluminum, which are, are non-ferrous. Uh, if it were on iron, then what would happen is once you started the electromagnets, there would become an ele- uh, a magnetic field would be associated with the iron as well, which would be in- aligned with the device, and you would end up having a... Um, a hoverboard that's locked to the surface that it's on, as opposed to one that's floating above it. Uh, non-ferrous materials is what allows it to have this kind of um, repulsion aspect and be able to to float above it. Uh, I read some reports of various folks, like people from Engadget who got to try this out, or Wired. They said it was very uh, disorienting and scary because you're, <laughs> you're on something where you're like, I don't want to fall off. <laughs> but again... Because you're limited to those surfaces, it's not something that you could just purchase and then, you know, ride home unless the streets are paved with copper where you live. So, uh, you you know, I could see this being used for something like an attraction at a park where they've set up a specific area with like an aluminum sheet floor where you can, you, you know, after signing a waiver, <laughs> go on one of these. But I don't think it's going to be something that is going to be, uh, uh you know, Mattel's not going to be marketing this to little girls.
0: Uh, not within the next nine months. No,
1: no.
2: Yeah, I mean, I hate to be a downer, but I feel like this almost doesn't count because of the special circumstances that are required. Like in this case, you might as well just take a snowboard into a vertical wind tunnel.
1: <laughs> okay, so yeah, indoor skydiving type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not. It, it's it's. Similar in spirit to what we saw in the movie, but obviously the the limitations mean that it's nothing like the experience that you saw in the film. I mean, you, you couldn't ride this over any surface besides water unless you have power. Uh, it wouldn't do any it wouldn't you any good. The power, by the way, as I recall, it's like a, a trio of thrusters that are on the back of, of Griff's hoverboard it's got like little jet, almost like little jet engines on the very back of it and that's mm-hmm. what the power is it's what allows it to have forward propulsion even over water uh but anyway yeah doesn't doesn't quite fit which is a real big bummer i mean the hoverboard was one of those iconic pieces of technology shown off in the the film that people really um got attached to they thought it was super cool
2: you know, personally, I, I don't feel all that robbed of magic. Uh, I think s- actual skateboarding is difficult enough. Yeah. I can't imagine not injuring myself on a hoverboard.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't need to be an extra few inches off the ground when I fall terribly yeah. from my skateboard I can't, every time I get on it. I can't you know, do a skateboard. I can't do
1: can't do wakeboards. Can, I, anything that re- requires balance on top of a board, forget it. Um, uh, I'm... I might as well just go ahead and throw myself at the ground. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that. but that's that's one we definitely needed to cover. And we got that one out of the way. But there's still a lot of other technologies that appear in that film.
2: You know, I don't think last time we ever got around to communication technology.
1: No, we didn't really. We mentioned some things where you could consume content, but we didn't talk about ones where you could actually communicate with people
0: uh yeah and and video calls play a pretty big role in in the plot line such as it is, yeah, if you want to be snarky about it um uh, because yeah, yeah, so so they have these huge screen TVs that can I guess either function or double as as video call centers, yeah,
1: yeah, there it's, don't
0: appear to be any cameras attached,
1: but that's okay, yeah, maybe that's worked into the bezel. i uh-huh. sure you know? sure, all right uh
2: I well, okay, I'd say we have this. I don't think anybody really likes it all that much.
1: Some people do, but I think it's I think it's in very specific use cases. Like, I don't think there are that many people who use this as their regular means of communication with other people.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's certainly not if you want to call up your coworker who happens to be flea. Um, yeah. And. <laughs> Cause, cause that dude is totally free. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and just chat with him about something illegal. You're you're not necessarily going to go straight to a voice to 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 a video call. I mean, you might you might Skype with um a significant other who's who's
1: on a trip far away, far away
0: from you, right? Or or with family members or or you, know, you might, might... You, you might even FaceTime if you're perhaps of a younger generation than anyone. Sitting in this, in this room. podcast room yeah. right now, um, you you might you might use FaceTime or something like that for your daily business,
1: and and within work, you might use it for something oh, like sure. calling into a a meeting or uh, in the podcast world, we do it all the time for uh, podcasts where you know, you have a guest host, especially if it's a video podcast, then you might have multiple people calling in and video conferencing. So it's not that it's unusual in the year 2015, although I don't, again, I don't think of that as the primary means of communication. Heck, I don't even think of calls as being the primary means of communication these days. Now it's all text and and things of that nature. I don't know that many people who actually enjoy talking on the phone anymore.
2: Oh, I enjoy talking on the phone. I wouldn't I want too. people yeah. to see me
1: while I'm on the phone.
0: I, again, it's a very specific use case scenarios that, see, I, that uh, I want anyone to be able to look at my hideous visage. I so. don't
1: think of myself as particularly misanthropic, but I very rarely use my phone as a phone. Well, phones
2: are interesting if you have friends, like oh. if you want to talk to those friends. I've
1: heard about <laughs> Friends. Good pronunciation. Thank you. I've been working on that. Although
0: an interesting thing also about the the phone system in the movie is that um, it will – Along the bottom of the screen, like mm-hmm. like where a newscast might have a little a little bit of rolling information, um, it will give you the caller's identification, their their job, their age, their address, um, their favorite drinks and hobbies, uh, their family members' names and ages, mm-hmm. the the sports that they play, their political affiliations, their food dislikes. So
1: this is like wow. having this is like when you watch a movie where you see a high powered executive and they're about to make a phone call and their assistant is giving them the skinny on who yeah, whomever yeah. they're going to talk to, uh-huh. like. Okay, he's got two daughters. They're blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So that that you can have that 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 manufactured oh. personal interaction.
2: That yeah, actually yeah. makes sense. It, it sort of combines calls with like the about page of a social media profile.
1: Yeah. Oh
0: right, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's like like Facebook is a little bit of what it reminded me of.
1: The interesting thing here is that I can easily imagine a video calling app that incorporates this sort of stuff by scraping information from some other source. Either you create a profile in the app itself, which just makes it easy because then it just refers to itself, or it scrapes publicly available information off of social media uh, uh, profiles or even Google searches, that kind of thing. And it would populate fields so that you would have this information we 've seen kind of mock ups of apps like this for augmented reality where you know you 've seen like the the smart glasses where a person's looking in a room and people 's names and their like little Twitter handles and stuff are popping up over their heads mm-hmm. gives you a little bit of information. And obviously that brings up questions about privacy. It brings up, you know, what's appropriate? What do we want to make public? Is it, is it acceptable if we have chosen to make this information public that people have easy access to it? Or is the fact that that access becomes so easy mean that we no longer care that we publicly shared it? We want there to be a limitation. These are questions we're still answering. Uh, places like Europe are answering it through litigation where they, Mm -hmm. they, there's the story in 2014 where Google was taken to task and said that there needs to be this right to be forgotten, where people who want to have certain things in their past kind of expunged from Google so that something they did, you know, some stupid thing they did maybe 15 years ago or something that they got involved in in their past that no longer has any relevance in their their current lives gets taken out of search results because they don't want themselves associated with that uh, obviously, that raises a lot of questions and a lot of problems. And um, all this being said, you know, we haven't seen a specific application, as far as I know, that mirrors what we saw in Back to the Future 2. But it's I, it's totally within the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't see anything about it that makes it, you know, even even difficult to pull off.
0: Yeah. 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 Um- a, a way in which they—we uh, talked a few times in the previous episode about ways in which this movie did not quite go far enough in its imagining of the future, mm-hmm. and um, the the way that this uh, phone system operates within a household is one of those ways because it's a it's a housewide phone system mm-hmm. that can be accessed from like individual visors, but everyone has a single phone number within the family unit. It's one phone for ah, the household. Wow! So, so they imagined that that. People that like the kids could each have a visor that they could check and see who's calling and and take the call supposedly on this little headset of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just one household line.
2: Yes. They, they couldn't get all the way to
1: individual cell phones. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, it, I can totally see why they went with that. I oh, mean, yeah, of course. In the late 80s, I had my own phone number, but I didn't have my own phone line. The number also went through the same phone line as the family one. It's just ah. that it had a different ring to it so that if that ring was going off, my parents knew, oh, that's one of Jonathan's friends. I'm not even going to bother picking it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was the only thing. But otherwise, it was, you know, if I picked up the phone, I was I had the the family line was active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I can see that they were just building on what was already common at the time. They didn't anticipate a world where we would all have devices that have their own dedicated communication channels. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, now, surely the movie understood that fax wasn't going to last forever, right?
0: Nope.
2: No. What?
0: <laughs> There's a fax machine in every single room in the house. And, it, and when you <laughs> get. Even f- the closet.
2: And
1: when you get. Oh, <laughs> you're
0: right. I remember that.
1: And when you get fired, it prints to all of them.
0: Well, I think that that boss was just not a nice person. You no. Know.
1: But. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, the fact that there was a fax was really pretty amusing because again, the fax is one of those pieces of technology that has largely been supplanted by digital tech, you know, stuff, digital displays and and PDFs, that sort of thing. We still see faxes. I mean, there are. Mm Different companies and specifically government organizations that require you to fax in documents as opposed to scanning and emailing. I them. I have
0: faxed a shocking number of documents in the past year or so. Yeah. like a shocking number, and yeah. by that I mean like more than three. But that's still that's pretty still, shocking. Yeah, considering yeah.
1: that we're living in an era where you could literally take just...
0: a picture of it with my phone or... and text it to someone. <laughs> They're also like, depending <laughs>
1: upon the depending upon the the document you're talking about. If you already have it in digital format, there a ton of programs that already automatically convert that into PDF Mm -hmm. format. And then you could send it as a PDF where you don't have to worry about people making changes to it. And Yeah, it's just weird to have a world where that fax is considered still a viable and necessary piece of technology. According
0: to 1985 to 1989, that was incredibly, incredibly important. Yeah, so so
1: important that you needed to have like 30 of them in your house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess if hey, you ever ran low on toilet paper, be, yeah. you know, pretty handy.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, I found it, it was massively wasteful. This printing multiple copies of the same message, yeah. not even different messages to different rooms. Well, if right? you're gonna
1: crush a man in his dreams, you need to really go all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, speaking of crushing, mm-hmm. are there any good crushing or you know, really any kind of robots? in the home of back to the future part 2 uh
0: well there there was uh it, it wasn't it wasn't pictured directly but there was definitely um these these like trash bag sized blocks of trash kind of hanging out around a local dumpster so i thought that that was interesting because it implies that within every home there's probably some kind of like large scale trash compactor right that you're using to create these bundles of trash
2: why on earth would you need that unless you're generating ridiculous amounts of trash
1: because they were generating ridiculous amounts of trash. oh
2: that's true yeah Yeah. if the fax machine prints out a duplicate (laughs) of every single message in every room of the house you're probably creating like three pounds of paper waste every hour probably
0: yeah um there were also roving around the city these robotic trash cans these kind of like r2d2 looking things that would kind of just willy nilly sort of sort of rove around uh, waiting to accept your refuse.
1: And we've you know, there's a great example of this as a concept. It was actually used in a in a commercial. It wasn't meant to be like an actual product. It was more of a a gimmick for a TV commercial, a robotic trash can that used a a robotic chassis uh, with wheels had three wheels that could spin kind of like uh, casters on a on a On a chair, they could spin into any direction, so it could the robot could quickly maneuver in any given direction at a moment's notice. Uh, Moved really, really fast. On top of that chassis was mounted a trash can, like a regular little waste paper bin, uh, so that it had just enough clearance from the floor so it wouldn't scrape around, and the wheels could turn freely and then it was uh it had a processor in it that was connected uh, wirelessly to a connect sensor a microsoft Kinect sensor and the way it worked was that if you tossed a piece of paper the connect sensor would detect it would project out the pathway of that piece of paper send a command to the robot to intercept that piece of paper the robot would move into place and then catch it as it hit before it could hit the ground and it was used in this commercial just as a a little gimmick where someone is typing on a typewriter which already was you know <laughs> was already anachronistic uh-huh. but typing on a typewriter and then like the the classic pull the sheet out crumple it up throw it behind you and this happens three or four times. And then the person typing on the typewriter gets a stick of gum or something, whatever the commercial was actually selling. Mm-hmm. And then the next time, this doesn't make the person better at writing, apparently. All it does is make make the world magical around them because then the next piece of paper, they again, pull it up, they crumple it up, toss it behind them, and the trash can moves and catches the oh. piece of paper. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, well, if I were making a commercial where someone was chewing gum while... <laughs> Well, failing over and over to write whatever they were trying to write, I'd have them succeed in writing, not failing again, but now the trash can catches their garbage. No, it
2: makes failure more convenient. I That's guess, a uh, lot of the role of gum in human life.
1: Yeah. But at any rate, uh, it, there's a, a great video and I'll, I'll make sure to share it uh, on social when we, when we put this podcast up that shows the both the commercial and the behind the scenes of how it was done although it's it's not in english uh, but it is it does show you like the the actual design process where i mean they machined parts to make this robotic trash can a possibility to me it was really just cool about being able to use a connect to do path prediction. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um,
0: Um, yeah, other, other robots that they feature in the movie include, um, in, in that eighties cafe that they go to, that's, uh, that's, kind of partially a throwback to the 1980s and partially the way that nostalgia cafes work nothing like what the 80s was like at all right kind of yeah. like um, if
1: you go to a 1950s diner mm-hmm. it's not really like the 1950s it's like it's our perception less, of what way the 1950s
0: less sexism is. and racism yeah it's <laughs> yeah. pretty great well
1: I think a
2: lot of if you go to a 1950s diner it's Taking you back to what people in the seventies thought in the nineteen fifties <laughs> were like. So yeah, it's like yeah. happy days, not like the real nineteen fifties. Sure.
0: Uh, sure, sure. And and all of the technology that they use in those fifties cafes are updated technologies. Yes. Yes. Um similarly in this eighties cafe, they, they have these robotic um video servers that, yeah. like like wait waiters and waitresses. Um y- you can be served by Michael Jackson. Um right. or, or by Ronald M- Reagan? battling ronald reagan and ayatollah
1: yeah yeah so so, yeah oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah because because they they're they're you know asking you what you want and and talking about the day's specials and you know one of them is like you should have the bean dip and the other is like no get the chicken tenders and then they like fight a lot so
1: which ayatollah was it i i'm (laughs) not i believe uh... but uh it's it's one of those things (laughs) where where the all the depictions of the the various personalities are put through what I like to think of as the max headroom filter.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was very much what they were like. This this kind of shoddy digital representation of a person that um would occasionally um the, the playback of their dialogue would kind of skip like a record. Yeah. Basically entirely unlike digital representations of things skip. But...
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, that would mean that you would have to program in either the skipping or there'd be some terrible buffering problem, but either way, you're yeah, just Yeah, a buffering like,
0: problem wouldn't make you repeat. No, Align that yeah, way. Yeah, it would just so, make you
1: pause. But, right. Yeah, it's 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 a or weird maybe thing. jump
0: forward. At any rate, um, yeah. So so that's that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. One piece of technology we kind of uh kind of jumped over, but it's still one that I wanted to mention really quickly is that, uh, Lauren, you mentioned that mentioned that in the house people could get calls on glasses. Uh, we do have video glasses. I mean,
0: oh right, they're yeah, not yeah.
1: great, but <laughs> at least none of the ones I've tried have been really great. But that's that's one of those pieces of technology that again, you can get, it's not, it's like a lot of the ones we're mentioning. It's not something that everybody has their hands on, but there are examples out there at, to varying degrees of success. Some of them are more video screens. Some of them are essentially a replacement for something like a mobile device. Most of them connect to a mobile device. So really it's an extension of a smartphone, but uh, it, it's one of those things where we do actually have them, but it's not in the same implementation as in the film, hmm. but anyway, all right. So we've done robots, we've done uh, communication, we've talked about the importance of fax machines. Let's <laughs> let's move on to to health because we've talked about a lot of these these other areas. We haven't really focused on the health side. Now, uh, granted, I don't, again, I don't remember much about health in Back to the Future Part Two.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Early on in the film, um, Christopher Lloyd's character. Uh, explains to Marty that that he has been to a rejuvenation clinic and mm-hmm. that Marty should not be alarmed because he will look very different when he peels off this mask that he is wearing. Right. And he looks exactly the same, which right. is kind of <laughs> yeah, that's a the gag. Joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The idea being that, me that he to suddenly ex- looks younger. Yes. Allow me to explain to you the jokes in this movie, which yeah. you have probably seen. Um. But but so this rejuvenation clinic, he says, uh, can remove wrinkles, repair your hair, change out your blood. Um, yeah.
1: Trans, what's <laughs> a transfusion between friends? I mean,
0: and and thus add another like 40 years to your life and also maybe replace your colon.
1: Re- replace. It? I'm
0: not. I don't know. He didn't really specify. Now, here's
1: the thing. The fact that he doesn't look significantly different to, to Marty suggests to me that this this could be intentionally or otherwise a very clever satirical oh, uh, yeah. way of saying there are a lot of services out there that are making these huge promises. Uh, the The idea of preserving your youth is an enormous industry and has been for centuries. But now we've gotten into the high tech portion where everything from injecting what would be considered a deadly toxin into your body so that <laughs> you could preserve a wrinkle-free existence is now accepted in society. Um, Botox, y'all. Yeah, it's not really that unusual to have this kind of... Of statement from a character. So, if we take it from that perspective, that there is an industry that still exists in 2015 that's catering to people who are fearing the aging process, uh, but is not, you know, demonstrably incredibly effective. This this prediction is absolutely true to today, because <laughs> right, because there's nothing stopping a company making these grandiose uh, claims mm-hmm. as long as they never get you know called out on it. The, uh, so, I think this is one of those things that is fairly accurate because we don't actually see the techniques that are being des- described as working in that way. It's not like we are. We don't encounter any characters who are 40 years older than you think they should, like, that have lived 40 years longer than you think they should have been able to live. We never encounter a character who's, like, 120 in Back to the Future 2. So it's very possible that what Doc is saying is just complete hogwash that he himself has bought into. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's a possibility. Now, granted, that's kind of taking a meta view. So it's not exactly... yeah Yeah, but it makes sense to me i
0: i and i do think i mean especially since um since biff uh who is of grandfatherly age of of the kind of age that someone would have well well, i guess he's he's what we can use our skills in counting he he would be uh sometime like like 18 plus 30 plus 30 yeah um so so 78 and he looks you know despite the range of age makeup that they employ um I guess maybe about that age. Yeah, yeah he of course. Looks then like
1: he's again, seventies maybe.
2: I'd say seventy-eight is a pretty generous lifespan for Biff, based upon his lifestyle. That's true. <laughs>
1: That's true. So you may you may yeah. be able
2: to infer some life extension technologies. Yeah. There. So the
1: jury's still out on it, this one, but at any rate, we don't have like amazing rejuvenation uh, techniques that can actually add forty years to your life. Yet. Uh.
0: Yes. Another no. thing that we do not have is um, sleep-inducing alpha generators.
1: Definitely not the way they are in the movie, huh? What is this? this so uh, this
0: is this device that the conveniently
1: Doc... gets a character out of the story for as long as the <laughs> plot requires.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Doc, Doc uses this to uh, to put Marty's girlfriend Jennifer um, into a state of sleep. Uh, for, for a uh, period yes. of a few hours um, and in which he, he says that she'll wake up kind of groggy and, and based on the fact that this is induced alpha waves in her brain will assume that everything about this this future that they've been talking about will seem to her a dream.
1: Right. So that in mm-hmm. other words, he doesn't have this this icky uh, loose end to tie up. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't have to kill her <laughs> uh, and dump her body into prehistoric America. Sludge, well, yeah. Why did he take her in the first place? Because she was there with Marty when he came back at the end of Back to the Future 1.
0: And they couldn't just leave her there yeah, because, to, to possibly go babble. She had seen the time machine.
1: Right. He comes back at the end of Back to the Future Part 1 uh, at the very end this of it. This movie is way less sweet
2: than I remember. <laughs>
1: Well, it's when he he comes out and he sees Marty and he sees Jennifer and he says that you guys got to come back. And says, what, back to 1955? He says, no, no, we got to go to the future. And says, what's the matter, Doc? Do we turn out to be, get ready to bleep, Noel, assholes or something? And then Doc says, uh, says, uh, no, no, you guys are fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. And then they get in the car and they fly okay, off. Okay. So she's with them at the end of back. T- so they had the problem. We've got this right, character. Right,
2: right. It's a continuity problem. But
1: we don't know how to write for women. So we oh, <laughs> we aww. can't have her in the movie. Aww. Let's knock her out as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. So they they hold up this device, which essentially shines a couple of lights into her eyes, knocks her out. It right? reminds me
0: of the of the men in black device honestly which i guess mm. I, I guess the men in black device reminds me of this, yeah,
1: technically, yeah, so right. very similar in that sense, and uh, it's supposed to induce alpha waves, like you were saying, and at the time, alpha waves were really being associated with uh like your early early uh phases of sleep, so light sleep, not when you've gone into r e m sleep, however, since then. Uh, more study has been made into alpha waves. And while we still, you know, sleep is still largely mysterious to us, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that we don't really understand. We've talked about that in previous episodes too, but it looks more like alpha waves might indicate a time where you're kind of in a relaxed state, but you are awake. So kind of like meditation when mm-hmm. you've, when you've, doing actual, uh, progressive relaxation exercises, that kind of stuff. Your eyes are closed. You're breathing slowly. You're, you're actively trying to relax. You, you're going to have some alpha wave brain activity, but you're not asleep. You know, you're not sleepy necessarily. It also can happen during REM sleep, but that's different too. And there's not a whole lot of agreement over exactly what role, what it means, you know, as far as REM sleep is going, it goes. So, Even if we had one that would induce alpha waves, it wouldn't knock somebody out like that. We do have various devices that are supposed to help you relax, like either by playing soft music or or other relaxing sounds, or, (laughs) or there are even ones that use light. There's light therapy ones that are meant to help with relaxation. I think, I think
0: I think both Joe and I are just going like, or get you tipsy like a bottle of wine.
1: Some of um, us don't drink
2: alcohol. I know, Would, I know. Wouldn't it have been funny if what had happened in the movie is <laughs> like uh, Doc Brown whips out a device. He's like, "This will put Jennifer to sleep," and it starts playing like
1: saxophone music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That would have been a much better joke. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I still think
1: the whole killing her and dumping her prehistoric America would have really gotten around the same All right, problems. I think
0: that if we get a time machine, we need to go back in time and talk to Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. yeah. Zemeckis?
1: Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Now, this yeah. was, granted, I mean, the whole purpose of her being unconscious is for a gag that happens later in the film where she wakes up and sees her future self. Yeah,
0: well, they have to get her into the house so that she can witness the goings on of her of her Future, future family. family, yeah. yeah. So it's,
1: it's, it, you know, it's, they did make use of her, but it was clear that it, it was going to be harder to have this be a. Two character stories. So they had to get rid of her somehow without killing her off. <laughs> so that's that's how they did it. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, do we have any like uh, you know exoskeletons and power suits and and robotic limbs in A the surprising future?
0: Surprising lack of exoskeletons. Yeah. Uh, I was really kind of hoping for some of those. Uh, but but no. But there are some bionic implants. Uh, Doc mentions kind of offhandedly that that Griff, Biff's. Grandson, mm. um, because that's how names go. Right.
2: Right. That's another convention of the future is that your grandchildren will have your <laughs> same first name, but with the GR consonant so in the you beginning. Don't,
1: you don't see Biff's direct kids at any point, do you? you no, nope. see... your
2: grandchild will be Gronathan.
1: Well, I mean, you're being very Mine generous. Mine will be Gro. The...
2: <laughs> Gro- right. Groran is a really <laughs> good name That's a too. great name. That's yeah. like a
1: troll name. <laughs> <laughs> so you just need to move to Norway, and you got it all planned out. All Sorry, right. so, okay, okay, yeah, okay. bionic limbs.
0: All right, so, so, uh, so, so Doc kind of, kind of jokes that there's a short circuit in Griff's bionic implants, mm-hmm. um, which, which implies that he's got it implies to me that he's got some kind of brain implant going on, um, but when you meet him, he. he when when he moves around, there are sometimes um, these terrific pneumatic robot sounds that accompany it, Yeah, kind of implying that like like especially when he's when he's like stretching his limbs out or standing up tall or something like that, implying that he does, in fact, have bionic limbs of some kind, although, and and driven by the same pneumatic stuff that is fed through little tubes all over the city, I guess. Oh, that's
2: funny. It makes me wonder if Griff is not, in fact, Biff's biological grandchild, but a hybrid uh, cyborg clone of Biff.
0: Yeah. That would explain why we never saw Biff's son. Yeah. Cyborg
2: Biff. So it's a Terminator on the inside. That's what the pneumatic noises are coming from. (laughs) And then on the outside, it's living tissue grown from Biff's DNA.
1: I I don't mean to, to dampen, you know the party or anything, or, or to really bring things down. Well,
0: but we have cyborgs right the, now, the, right? The whole, the
1: whole purpose was to really talk about the technology as it relates to today, not <laughs> to invent new ways to incorporate back to the future <laughs> mythology into other existing science fiction. This is a good
2: point, sir. Okay. okay.
1: So, getting to that, we do have cy- cyborg, you know, bionic limb type stuff, but it's all obviously very much in, in the early stages, early prototypes. Some limbs are a little more further along than others, but things like the robotic arms, uh, we've started to see some really cool developments. I mean, amazing stuff uh, that have come out of things like uh, Dean Kamen's group. The Dika arm, also known as the Luke arm, is a great example. The original versions of that were controlled using uh, actual uh, sensors that were built into shoes. So you would use your toes to control the mm-hmm. arm. But now they have versions of it that connect to, you know, they they you can contract muscles in whatever is left of of the limb that you've lost and that will send the commands to the the robot. So there's still a learned, there's a learning curve, you know, obviously you need to learn how to, to contract the muscles you need to send the command you want your arm to do. But as you learn it and you practice it, it becomes more and more natural to you so that you're no longer really thinking of it, you know, in in a, a conscious way. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you read any of the reports from the folks who have tested this out, like the actual amputees who have used this technology, uh, I mean, it's incredibly inspirational stuff. Oh, yeah. It's really, really moving to hear people talk about, like, there was a guy who said, I picked up a water bottle with my left hand. The last, you know, he's like in his late 40s. The last time I did that, I was 23. Uh. You know, as yeah. you know, you hear something like that, and you're like, "Wow, all of the feels." Yeah, but... yeah,
0: yeah, and, and listening to them talk about some of the kind of like average things that they can do, like 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 fasten their own pants. Yeah, it is or, just feed a, or feed themselves. Right, right. It's it's yeah. it's really awesome. Um, it it is, uh, you know, prohibitively expensive, mm-hmm. and um. Technical enough that it's or complex enough a system that it's it's really only for those kind of cases where you're trying to restore function to someone who has lost it, right? And not in this case for beefing up a bully. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't have yeah.
1: like the. It's not used as enhancement. It's used right. as it's used to obviously, to perhaps. regain independence. Yes. Uh So yeah, it's one of those things where uh the reality and the fiction are obviously very very different. And again, I mean, I don't blame the film for this because. You know, they're trying to project a, a really, you know, like they were blue skying the whole future thing. What do they care? It's 1989 when they're making the movie. They <laughs> they just want, they want it to be fun and interesting and say, like, all right, it's 30 years out. What could happen in 30 years? And yeah. when, when you have a question like that, if you ask me, like in 2045 what's the what's the baseline level of technology going to be like i'd be making some pretty crazy predictions too we make pretty
0: we (laughs) uh when when i used to be on tech stuff we used to make some pretty crazy predictions for just the very next year that's true that's true uh another thing that they mention in the movie is suspended animation kennels so apparently suspended animation is not only so uh widespread and successful that humans can use it but they can you can put your dog in it
1: right i mean um, when you when wow. you're going Cheaply out of town enough to, yeah yeah you're going out of town you don't want to mm-hmm. you know take care of the pooch
0: it's it, you um, know to them it's like you never left
1: yeah oh well i can although i, I think, can see the appeal of that i guess
0: yeah yeah so you're not traumatizing your
1: dog i mean the appeal i see is that and i mean obviously this is Assuming that the actual process of putting your dog in suspended animation is not at all traumatic uh, for anybody <laughs>
0: the do- the dog in question Einstein seemed fine right. it seemed totes okay. So
1: assuming that that's the case, the thing that appeals to me the most, and this is totally like uh, super squishy Jonathan feelings, is that you have the most time with your dog. No. You're not cheated out of a single moment no. of your time with your dog because you're not you're,
0: you're not losing that week. That
1: dog is. Yeah. yeah. You could even do it at night or when you go to work <laughs> and then you come back home. And okay. then you're like so your dog could live to be like 40. I miss my dog, guys.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I don't
2: blame you.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but yeah, we've had an entire episode about how unlikely it is that suspended animation is ever going to work. Right. Yeah. Well, at least for certain types of
2: animals. Yeah. I mean, oh, uh, right, right. Like mammals. Maybe not. Not so much. There are some, like, reptiles and things where it's much easier to see how you could achieve some kind of suspended animation, especially with the kinds of reptiles and fish and certain animals that you can just freeze and well, not kill them. And we
1: also talked about how... The, the breakthroughs we've seen in quote-unquote suspended animation are really more about giving the best chance for, for victims of terrible injury or disease or whatever to recover during a surgical procedure that may last a few hours. So you're not talking about something where someone's indefinitely mm-hmm. being put into suspended animation. It's more about let's try and uh, create an environment where they we are increasing their their chances of survival as much as possible so mm. it's not you know it's it's a very different outcome than what we're seeing in in science fiction
2: all i'm saying is i can imagine pretty easily a suspended animation kennel for your pet juvenile salamander
1: yeah <laughs> i i think yeah i could see that being a a thing i don't, uh, but, I don't but, know how but, much quality a, time in few
0: a few years out though that's certainly not it's yeah. it being 2015, I mean, they, they, they overreached. I mean, you, they overreached you could one, be
1: you could just be a guy on the street corner with a, <laughs> uh, a big freezer like that's a cooler full of ice. Yeah. <laughs> just have a sign. Don't,
0: don't do that, y'all. Don't. Please don't do that.
1: Suspended animation kennel for salamanders. <laughs> I, mean, uh, yeah,
0: I don't no, recommend it. No.
2: Be nice to salamanders. Yeah. Yes. They they're wonderful creatures.
0: Uh yes, one one last bit of health equipment that we see in this film um are <laughs> oh, uh so Marty's father George uh, George, thank you. George McFly who who's now of grandfatherly kind of age um has thrown out his back. Right. And so he is in this hovering suspended upside down ankle holding brace. Right.
1: It's like, it's like if you've ever seen those things of people who would get in these, these, these kind of stretchers that would get inverted. And the idea was that it was supposed to treat back pain. It was supposed to uh, be an actual therapy for this. Um, it's that same idea, except now it's hovering around so that you actually have mobility as opposed to you're stuck upside down in a certain section of a building.
0: Yeah, it, it's sort of it's sort it's of like, like gravity that, boots. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Or it's like that spell in, in Harry Potter that that James uses on Snape when they're kids.
1: OK, yeah. My wife could even tell you what it is. I
0: nerdery. It's uh, cross nerdery, in fact. <laughs> well, the
1: the uh, so, yeah, yeah, he, he I can tell you the reason for that technology in the in the context of the film. Because it's funny? Well, also that they could not get the actor for George McFly for part two. So <laughs> what better way to disguise the fact that you don't have the same actor than inverting them upside down and never getting a really good look at them? Mm. So, that I guess, was,
2: yeah, Crispin Glover didn't want yeah, to come cr- back for the sequel.
1: Well, he wanted to come back, but only if he got, like, a crazy amount of money and, and essentially equal, equal billing. billing with yeah. with mm. uh, yeah, like Michael did in J. the first Fox. one, kind
0: of, but yeah.
1: So yeah. yeah, so that didn't happen. They said no. There's no way we can do that. And so he walked, and they got a different actor. But yeah, if you got that, that's why if you watch Back to the Future two, all the scenes that have George in them, there's like a screen door that you're looking through, or <laughs> or, you know, they,
0: or you're like 50 feet back from yeah. the scene. Or yeah, exactly. So that yeah. way you
1: don't have. It's huh. not as obvious. as a different actor. Um, not that they had problems with Jennifer that way. But anyway, that's that's different. Nobody
0: cared about Marty's girlfriend. I guess
1: not. I mean, she's female. That's why we got rid of her in the beginning. of yeah, the movie. I do.
0: I do feel really bad that I've been just calling her Marty's girlfriend this entire time. <laughs> well, she, she has a she she is a person. She's that's self-actualized, that's, kind of. The
1: way the movie treats her, you can't be blamed for calling her Marty's girlfriend because that's pretty much all she serves in the in, all right. Enough editorializing about. Yes, about yes, uh, the, uh... yeah.
0: We do have one last category here, and that is a uh, citywide infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we've already covered the inflation rate. Yeah, um, the
1: idea that if if we get to a point where you need a fifty dollar bill in order to go buy a Pepsi, not saying that Pepsi itself is fifty dollars, but that a fifty dollar bill would be necessary to cover, to cover the it. cost. Right. Then obviously. Inflation uh, would have to go out of control for us to get to that point in by, the next nine months. Yeah, there'd have to there'd have to be a a catastrophic event, uh, which we're all hoping is not going to happen. Fingers
0: crossed. Yeah, let's all uh, knock on wood. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure that there's wood somewhere underneath underneath this veneer of our table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, other infrastructure. They have a weather service that controls rain. And clouds and and sunshine, like to the precise second.
2: Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Controls
0: controls it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or perhaps predicts it, but it looks like a control situation because, as far as I know, Southern California doesn't have, um, or doesn't typically have, very brief, very sudden, very intense periods of rainfall. Yeah. And, and and what we see at the beginning of the film is um they they just arrived they've just landed uh there's it's pouring rain absolutely pouring rain and um and, and Doc has a, a little a little watch one of his two watches because he's wearing two watches in the movie which I think is really adorable um <laughs> uh, he he looks at the screen and and says just wait another like five seconds and and as if by magic the clouds part. The rain stops. The sun comes out. Yeah. So there's apparently some kind of weather service. I I, I took it to mean as controlling.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. It could be either way or it could just be that they're actually predicting the weather to the second. That Mm -hmm.
1: seems strange. Well, the prediction part, neither of these are realistic. Obviously,
0: uh, certainly not for today. No. I mean, like maybe in another thirty to sixty. Years. <laughs> maybe. Well,
2: even then, I would maybe. say to the second seems wrong. Seems yeah, right. yeah. yeah, The yeah.
1: prediction part is is at least the less impossible one,
0: <laughs> less egregiously impossible. Yeah, only. Uh, just egregiously impossible. Right.
1: Because as we've discussed on this very podcast before, weather patterns are incredibly difficult to predict. They have an enormous amount of energy in them. Uh, They're extremely chaotic events. When you look at a weather report that says there's a 70% chance of rain, essentially what that means, and I'm oversimplifying, is that on all the other days that had weather conditions similar to the day in question it rained seventy percent of those days. That's what seventy percent chance of rain means. Huh. That on, in those same conditions, seventy percent of the time it rained, thirty percent of the time it did not rain. So it's it's literally just giving you a a percentage of chance that it's going to rain that day.
2: My favorite of the times when it says that it is currently raining outside, and right. you look out the window and it's not.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that. Sometimes can happen too. Uh, that so that's the th- getting to a point where we can predict it precisely is mind blowing because it, again it's just such a complex issue. I mean, we whenever you talk to any climatologist about this sort of stuff, uh, and or, or or a meteorologist, which would be more appropriate. Climatology is of course looking at very long patterns. But if you talk to a meteorologist about this kind of stuff, uh, you realize, wow, there are a lot of factors that go into this. And a lot of them are very difficult to predict. And some of them are impossible for us to know at the moment.
2: There are a lot of butterflies flapping their wings out there. Yeah, there
1: are, man. Um, Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, those those monsoons are going to just keep on coming. So if it's a prediction thing, it's a little less unbelievable (laughs) uh, in that. At least then you're talking about just knowing when a weather pattern is going to be moving through to the point where you can even have it in your schedule. Mm-hmm. But um, if it's about weather control, and I took it to mean the same thing. I, it, to me, I thought it was, oh, this is when we've scheduled our rainstorm so that we can actually get you know water into the, into the area and then mm-hmm. it's over. Um, that is well beyond our capabilities.
2: Guys, guys. Yeah. Sorry. I just had an insight that I think perhaps makes this whole – weather conversation we've just had irrelevant. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. I think what happened is that Doc Brown had already been through this part of the future more than <laughs> once. That's what, I mean, he watches these events transpire, he sees what happens, and then he comes back to get Marty and Jennifer, goes back to the future, and does them again. So he's already been there at that moment, and he would already know when it stops so, raining. So, so,
0: so it's not that, because he says specifically that the that the weather service is is operating like down to the tick yeah uh, uh, but he okay. could be lying well he, even... he is an unreliable narrator if so everything can basically i mean because most of these are jokes that are spoken by christopher lloyd's character so really most of these insights that we have about this potential uh, 2015 future could be the fact that he's a deeply unreliable and psychotic narrator. Let's not
1: turn Doc Brown into Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, okay? Okay,
2: well, I didn't know that he had specified that about the weather service. Well, so. and
1: even if he hadn't, then you have to go, you have to assume that he wrote down the exact moment when the rain stopped. Like, huh, the rain's over. Let's see what time it is. I should make note of that.
0: I bet I can use this to impress Marty later. <laughs> yeah,
1: because yeah, the building of the time machine isn't nearly impressive enough. I need to tell him when the rain's going to stop. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he's he's really like the Wizard of Oz, I think. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> Well
1: um, and also there is in that in that newspaper we referred to, uh there is a a tiny little bit of weather. Now this just shows how people have scrutinized every single frame of this film, <laughs> freezing it and looking at all the details. But uh the October 22nd, 2015 issue of USA Today has the morning's scheduled weather for the Hill Valley, California area. Um, so you get like the actual time. And in fact, someone has written it all down where it says mostly clear, 12 a.m. to 1.36 a.m. Partly cloudy, 1.37 a.m. to 6.36 a.m. Heavy rain, 6.37 a.m. to 7.23 a.m. So, <laughs> uh, So it, it may very well be... That this is prediction, not manipulation, but either way, it is it is unrealistic, especially in 2015. So, uh, this one's a miss. But uh, this was fun. Did you guys want to have any other concluding thoughts before we wrap up on this? Back to the back to the Back to the Future Part Two, Part Two.
2: I think the companion to this episode should be that we get our friends from stuff you missed in history class. To do an episode on Back to the Future Three <laughs> and how accurate that is hey. to what eighteen? What year is it supposed to be?
1: It would be. I think it was um, eighteen eighty five. Because I think it was a hundred. Yeah, it was a full hundred years. Oh, right? Okay, that yeah. makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my suggestion.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we'll float it by them and see. I think a five person <laughs> podcast would be a blast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they they could do it on their own.
1: Oh, okay. Um, And then we would just link to it.
0: And we can just look in through the window and shout snarky things occasionally.
1: We'll have to do that soon because I don't think, I don't know if we'll have a window in the new one and we'll be moving before too long. We can
0: just cut a hole in the wall. I'm sure that that will maintain the acoustics properly. That's
1: true. We don't want to have too great a deviation from our current experience.
2: Listeners, if you haven't heard this before, we will soon be moving and we will have a brand new podcast studio, which in the past, if you've heard sirens in the background of this podcast no more you, you, you assuming, will not have to hear any more sirens assuming
1: no one in the office is carrying a siren around oh you yeah know? because we that our new studios will not share an external wall so they'll all be internal uh, rooms we have mm-hmm. two audio studios and two video studios we're very excited about yes. trying them out soon and uh, yeah, so there's going to be some changes, but you guys probably won't be aware of them except for the fact that you'll be thinking, "Well, I haven't heard a siren in a long time." Uh, but that'll come up in a. Uh, it'll take a few more episodes, I think, before we get to that point. Yeah. So, guys, if you have any suggestions for some of those future episodes, we can tackle either while we're here or when we're at our new digs. Send us a message. Let us know. Or if you've got any questions or comments about the episodes of the past, you know, send them our way. We love to hear from you. And you can write us. Our email address is fwthinking at or drop us a line on Google Plus, Twitter, or Facebook. Hey, Google Plus and Twitter, we are FW Thinking. Just search FW Thinking in Facebook. We'll pop right up. Leave us a message. We would love to hear from you. And we'll talk to you again really soon.
0: For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com.
2: Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, a girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait.
1: Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things
2: running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call,
1: clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP.